Hello, welcome to another episode of Voice of Pod. This is Michael. This is Scott. Hi, Scott. How are you? How are you? Good. How have you been? I've been okay, I think. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you know, end yeah. of summer and all that. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've, well, it's been a minute since our first episode. We put that out there. Um, well, and it's out now on yes. what? Yeah, so you can listen to it on Spotify, Stitcher. We're having some trouble with Apple Podcasts, but hopefully we'll get there. Um, and it's going to also be on iHeartRadio, the app. They have top podcasts on there That's now. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So uh, we have some outlets for y'all to listen to it on. But if you go to our Facebook page, there'll be links and, and it'll be there. So people can listen. Yeah, it's fascinating, the whole podcast and distribution <laughs> world. You yeah. Know? It's like so similar to radio, but like so different in a lot of ways. I don't know. I like it. Um, shall we get into our topics for this episode? Let's. Yeah. So let's start off with some fun or not so fun <laughs> pop culture, current events stuff. Where do you want to start? Oh, gosh. Do we start with election stuff or uh, let's get into that in a minute. But maybe we start with this whole fat shaming thing. Bill Maher, James Corden. So I know if you have you we have not had a chance to talk. Yeah. So it, this started with Bill Maher did yes. at the end of his show. Yeah. He did a whole thing on fat shaming needs to come back. <laughs> yeah. And then James Corden the next night did a very impassioned counterpunch to it. Yeah. Um, and listen, the Battle of the Bulge is something I have dealt with, you know, uh, most of my yep. adult life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it was an interesting conversation, but I will start with you. Um, what do you think of their conversations and what's yeah. your thought? Yeah, I'm curious if uh, I Bill Mars on Friday nights, right? I'm curious if he did anything uh, in his latest episode, but in response to James Corden's response. But I just I don't know. Bill Maher. I think that his points of view, he makes some interesting points generally, but overall he's not a very like practical or uh, sympathetic person. He comes from a place of just like, this is what it should be and that's it. And listen, I don't think fat shaming is, is right, obviously. And it's like, who needs to be shamed? Like, obviously if you have weight issues, you know it. And it's th- that this was James point, right? It's like, we know we get it. We don't need you to make me feel bad about it. Well, I loved James counter, which was if ridicule would help mm. people, there wouldn't be a fat person on the planet. Right. I thought that was really That's like the, the pinnacle of yeah. his whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think you said something very interesting about Bill Maher, you know, Bill just by looking at him as somebody who's never had to deal with weight right. once for a single day in his life. And right. I think this is a weird thing in our society. And again, you know, we talk a lot about social media because unfortunately it plays such a big part in our lives. But, you know, I always feel like it's the people with money that are telling the you know people without money how they should be managing their money better. Right. And, <laughs> right. you know, I, it's, it's it, we, we tend not to have much empathy. And um, right. I do think James actually talked about that a little bit, that we've not become a very empathetic nation. And I agree. I think I think we really need to. Um, but here's what I will say in defense of Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Again, I'm somebody who's dealt with this myself and I want people to feel comfortable in their bodies and I want them to feel proud of who they are, no matter what they are mm-hmm. um, and, and find their strength and grow and all of that. But I have to say, like, I, since this has been going on, I've sort of been out and looking around and I'm sort of shocked by, you know, let's 400 pound people who are wearing like crop tops and clothing that is... <laughs> inappropriate kind of really inappropriate Mm -hmm. and i do think there is a difference between 
embracing and loving yourself Mm -hmm. and walking around in a thong and a tube top. And I I don't want to be sexist because it's not just girls. And, you know, um, there's guys walking around. There was a guy, you know, with, you know, sort of his gut hanging out of between his shirt and his pants. And I'm not at all, you know, criticizing their physicality but Mm. there was something in and i think this is a bigger topic you know that we started to talk about last episode um i think we need to start looking at how we go out in public Mm. present ourselves you know physically vocally you know all of these different ways and i think people you know have 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 stopped doing that i mean you know my personal thing is you know people wear flip-flops on a plane oh right um not because it's sanitary, but if you've ever talked to anybody who's gone down a slide or been in any sort of situation, they're like, these people are going to lose their feet. And because, you know, once you go down the slide and if there's burning debris, oh. it's just so. And I know that's such a weird thing oh, to wow. think about. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we do all these other safety drills. Right. But it's just kind of like, yeah, they got flip flops on. Right. Um, but, it, you know, to me, that's the conversation. And I wish, you know, to James Corden's point i think if bill maher had crafted his thought a little differently mm-hmm. i i think what the, he was actually trying to say was not hate yourself but you should be conscious of yeah. the way you present yourself yeah um you know and listen i again i've had this issue myself i think if you walk in somewhere and you don't fit into a seat and you think it's the person next to you's fault um it's not, and 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 you've got to be conscious of who you are in the space you take up, and if mm-hmm. that means you know um, buying a larger seat or a bigger seat or a second seat or or, or whatever that is, um, I think those are the things you have to own. And again, right. that's not a psychological thing. I think you should be proud of yourself, and um, you know, power to you and 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 whatever you're trying to do. But I think there was an interesting conversation and I'm sorry that it's turned into this punching match. Cause I right. do genuinely think there's a conversation about it. Um, and I think yeah. it goes with a lot of other things than just fat shaming. I think there's a lot of other behaviors people are doing in public that oh, it's yeah. time we start looking Calling at. And flipping. Okay. I'll tell you my latest one. Mm-hmm. Um, people having phone calls on their speakerphone in public. Oh yeah. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, or people playing music in public on without headsets. Yeah, or, I don't. Mm-hmm. It is so inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. It is so rude. Yeah. Um. I also think it's interesting that you clearly don't care what anybody that everyone's hearing your business. And 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 I was in a in a break room at a work. Um. And, and people were doing that. I'm like, do you want your coworkers <laughs> to know all of this dirt about you? It's like it's a lack of consideration for the people around you, and that happens in a lot of different ways. And that's the one where it's just like. First of all, is it more convenient for you to just speak on your speakerphone or because that doesn't make any sense to me, first of all. Second of all, yeah, you are having a conversation that you don't need to have with everyone else in the room. Right. It doesn't make sense. Like if you've gone into the bathroom and there'll be somebody in the stall having a full on conversation on their phone and people are flushing and whatever. I'm like, do you not think these people can't hear all this going on? And I will tell you, I flush the toilet an extra time. (laughs) I make sure I'm slamming on the sink. They don't care if they're having the conversation. They don't care that their person knows that they're in the bathroom. I got to tell you, if somebody, anybody calls me and I can hear flushing in the background, I'm going to tell you, (laughs) Hey, you know what? Call me when you're done with your business. Right. But you know, I, again, to, you know, this started as a conversation about empathy. 
empathy, but I think mm-hmm. consideration is just as important. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, and, you know, I think, you know, how do we start having that conversation on all levels? And, you know, right. if we start it with fat shaming, but it goes to these other things, right. Um, let's, let's have that conversation and, and, yeah. you know, everything starts with you. So, you know, if everyone just look at their behaviors, yeah. And, it's self-reflective people, and there's a lot of non-self-reflective people. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, something else in the news that happened. I mean, we've. I work in entertainment. You have worked in the entertainment industry, and we both both have worked at NBC Universal, so are familiar with that co- company. They just went through an, another round of, of layoffs as they kind of try to consolidate and kind of stay relevant in this ever-changing entertainment market. And it's just so crazy to me how, you know, these and these are the people that I have worked with that are losing jobs. And you were saying that you are, you know, people that were affected, too. And it's just so crazy how unstable entertainment is. And it's there are jobs that are stable. But for the most part, there's a lot of like gig jobs and people doing freelance. And it's like, how do people sustain in, a, in an industry that is changing and, and almost not being so loyal to their people. But, you know, I think, don't you think this goes way beyond entertainment? And this is just the, yes, this definitely. is the job market mm-hmm. in the United States, yeah. you know, 2019. And, you know, this is what I, I, I started ranting about in our first podcast. Um, and, and I will ra- continue to rant about, you know, here's my thing with those layoffs. I get it. If you need to trim heads, yeah. you need to trim yeah, heads. But, you know, in the olden days, <laughs> You know, and I, I call it the union mentality, but it really mm. was. You know, in the union, it was always if there was going to be layoffs, it's the last in, first out. Right. Um, and, you know, that you knew the longer you had sort of given yourself to yeah. an organization, the more yeah loyal they were to you, to mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what kind of gets me with these things. They tend to be, you know, always laying off the senior people. Right. Um, the people with the most knowledge, right. people who I know personally have, you know, sacrificed yeah. holidays and family things and whatever in the name of, you know, really trying to prove their loyalty to these organizations. And at the end of the day, there was no loyalty back at all. Right. Um, you know, severance packages are nice, but, you know, if you're somebody like me and you still have another 10 or 15 years ahead of you to work, mm-hmm. you know, a severance package isn't going to get you to retirement or get you through. Right. And, um, it's, it's really a crappy, crappy, crappy thing. And I, I would love somebody to explain to us, you know, how these dishes, decisions right. come to be of not whether you need to cut heads or budget, you know, that's just business and we get it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what is it with getting rid of these senior well, people and these people with the experience and the knowledge and the dedication and maybe that's, maybe that's it though. Maybe they're connected. Maybe it's like those people are going to have the higher salaries and they're, they're, financial impact on a company is greater. So they're there. It's more effective to cut one of them than two of someone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But do you think that's what, do you think that's, the- I don't know. I really don't know. It's, it's just hard. And it's, it's, we've moved into this economy where, uh, people say that millennials are not loyal to companies anymore, but, it's be- almost because of the opposite effect. Companies are not loyal to their employees. Listen, I think the you know the millennials are children of you know my generation mm-hmm. of people who were taught. You know, my father was you're going to work for 35 years and right. get a gold watch. Right. I started a job. I worked for 21 years someplace, and you know thought it was going to be there for a while, and then right. one day you're walked into that room. Right. And um, you know, and we taught our kids. You know, have no loyalty to these organizations, and so. You know, they are simply doing what I think what we've 
shown them exists and right. what we've sort of taught them. Right. Um, be out for yourself because no one else is going to be. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing for me is now these companies are bending over backwards trying to court these millennials and all these right. different great things. And, but I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, they're going to be just as disloyal to this mm-hmm. generation as they've been to everybody else. And, right. You know, as we go through an election year, and I know we're going to talk politics in a minute, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I would really like to see, you know, some of these candidates address this whole thing of the underemployed. And, you know, I know people, you know, with two jobs now and barely getting by. And I don't think those employment numbers are really reflecting a lot of what's going on out there. I know in my world they don't at all. Right. Um, And and frankly, I'm pissed. And I I want other people to be pissed. And I... I, uh, you know, um, I, I will take whatever action, whether it's voting or whatever that I can do, but yeah. you know, someone's got to start, you know, uh, putting their foot down on all of this. Yeah. It's, is a crazy, but speaking of NBCU and yeah. whatever, you know, also they had the, uh, the whole Saturday night live firing. Right. Um, and I don't know if you've had a chance to, to watch any of his videos. Um, Gillis, right? His name is Gillis. Shane Gillis. Shane Gillis. Yes. Mm-hmm. I watched the incident where he was on the podcast making racist jokes and it was just kind of like, this is so crazy. And I was wondering whether he would be fired. I didn't necessarily think he would be, but obviously they did fire him. What did you think? Um, you know, there's a lot of things. One, yeah. Clearly, someone did not do the proper vetting, and no offense right. in the world of YouTube and Google. I mean, this was, <laughs> right. you know, Available. where is that HR person getting laid right. off right now? Um, yeah. And so, to me, that was an embarrassment to all of those people, whether mm-hmm. it's Lauren Michael's staff or HR. I don't know whose right. purview that falls under, but clearly, the vet, proper vetting was not done because uh, it took five <laughs> minutes for the rest of the world to find all this. <laughs> right. Um, secondly, I watched the podcast and, you know, he talked about gay people. He talked about, you know, he used derogatory terms. And weirdly, it sort of came off as a dumb white guy sitting with another dumb white guy talking the way dumb, straight white guys talk. And I'm not at all forgiving them for it. I don't I don't know. Part of me wanted to think about, you know, when do we stop being a society of rehabilitation? And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I didn't think his bits were funny at all, but I don't think a lot of comedians are particularly funny. Right. Um, um, you know, he, he tried to apologize for it in advance. Um, but obviously it didn't work and it cost him his job. And, you know, for me, I think the conversation becomes when does the punishment fit the crime? Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of punishment to talk about, yeah. I think, uh, with other topics today as well. You know, to me, this is the same thing. You know, Trudeau is going through this whole thing with his mm-hmm. brown face. Right. Um, you know, he was a 20 something year old teacher and he went to a theme party and. You know, is that racist? Is that horrible? Is that right. something that should have dire ramifications? And I, I find both of them sort of, you know, parallel to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I get very upset at a media that gets so upset about these things, which I'm not I'm not at all yeah. mitigating. Um, but, There's you know, was it the 18th or 19th trans person was murdered this weekend? Yeah. And, you know, I don't hear about that story. Right. Um, and and I, I'm really big into putting things in their context. Yeah. It's almost like the media looks at these small little things because they're, I guess, more entertaining or more, I don't know, they have more of a, an immediacy in terms of like 
you did this bad thing, you get a result that's bad. As opposed to like this systematic murder of trans women of color that happen all the time. It's like that's almost become like a background. Like, oh, this is always going to happen. So what can you do about yeah, another it? Another mass shooting, another trans exactly. person murdered. Exactly. But oh my yes. God, Trudeau put on makeup right. or, you know, <laughs> right. some straight guy said mm-hmm. faggot in his basement right. doing a podcast. Exactly. And listen. Yes. And, and for me, it's why is the punishment you should lose your career? Right. Because let's be honest, SNL for a comic is this right. is a pretty monumental thing. Yeah. I will say I thought his rebuttal about Mad TV was kind of immature. I mean, it fits his brand. The sky. It sort of fits his brand. <laughs> but, you know, listen, I made a mistake. I was punished. Be a be it's, a be yeah. a mature adult and yeah. go on about it. But um, yeah. I, I don't know, and I will bring into the same conversation the whole Felicity Huffman yeah. thing. Because to mm-hmm. me, this is all about punishment and the crime, and that people right. are flipping out that she got 14 days. Right. Uh, listen, we just had, you know, Brock Turner, the Stanford rapist, who yes. only got six months for raping a woman. Right. And listen, let's talk about raping a woman versus, you know, I paid right. someone to take a test kid. for me mm-hmm. and get my kid into a good school. Yeah. I don't know that hard time is really, you know, the Felicity well, Huffman is going to better anybody. Right. Did you see John Legend's reply? Like he was tweeting about this. He was saying it's not about giving her more time. It's about making sure that the people who actually deserve to be put away get put away. And he was talking about how there is these women who uh, there's this one specific woman she was homeless, but she, and so she lied about her address to get her kid into school, and she got like twelve Five years, years or, or something, something crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's like let's talk about that. Let's talk about how everyone just needs less time. It, it, do community service. There are other ways to kind of pay your debt. I did see that, and I will tell you the only thing I disagree with is not everybody deserves less time. And I'll go back to sure, Brock sure. Turner. Yes, deserves more time. Right. You know, there are some, you know, police mm-hmm. officers that have done what I believe right. to be crimes. And they should be serving more time because they didn't exactly. serve any. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, we, yeah, we can yeah. get into any of those specifically. But I, I do think this is part of this, you know, again, going back to empathy and um, yeah. all of the consideration things is we have to stop crucifying people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we need to find creative punishments if you will mm-hmm. that fit the crime yeah there are ways to pay back your debt to society that don't involve just sitting in a, in a prison and it's like you can give community service you can give back to the school like a lot of people are talking about felicity huffman like make her go and volunteer at schools or something that's you know or you know what and again i don't know if the law can make people spend their money but you know what if they did two scholarships for mm. underprivileged kids oh, that's interesting. at yeah. a mm-hmm. um whatever university and again right. if this money is what got them into this mess let money get them out of it right but let that money do some good that's an interesting point. um mm-hmm. you know it's funny i heard somebody's point with the whole felicity huffman thing which i kind of call bullshit on um their kid took up a spot that some other kid should have had. And that other kid now is going to suffer for the rest of their lives Mm. because they couldn't go to USC, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 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 No. And listen, as a good university of Iowa, you know, Mm -hmm. student, you know, I tell all of my rallies the same thing. I think undergraduate school, it's so unimportant where you go to. Yes. Um, It's more about having the experience and, you know, I love this thing about community colleges being free and Mm -hmm. I hope that happens for everybody. Um, 
you know, a lot of this, what happened with that college scandal was about egos. And I really want yeah. to have that bumper sticker on the car. And, um, oh, yeah, you know, grad sure. school's a whole different conversation, but the yeah. scandal was not about that. Yeah. And, uh, but again, I think there's this bigger topic of, you know, let's, let's start talking about appropriate punishment and yeah. not because you're a celebrity, you deserve harsher or no, no, whatever, you know, she's not the only person getting off lightly. And yes, there's right. people, like you said, there was also the woman who voted twice or voted a oh, mistake. She yeah. made in the five years that I was quoting earlier. You know, and I don't understand, again, we were raised, I was raised, that, you know, there's all these checks and balances in our system. Why is there no checks and balances in the the penal system that, you know, hey, Betty's in here for four years for, you know, falsifying a coupon, which, you know, something I think I may have (laughs) put an expired coupon through now and then. Um, But, yeah, no, it's true. But, you know. There's no leveling out. There isn't. And there's no checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, it's sad when people are sending Kim Kardashian letters about, please help me in prison. It works, apparently. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. why? I don't get it. You know, I just I just find that. I mean, I will say she was on The View and she, you know, Kim Kardashian is Kim Kardashian. But she was speaking very intelligently about what she was doing and why she was doing it and the the process that she was going through to do it. And I was like, for the first time, I was like, oh, okay. I kind of respect that you're actually going, you have, you have a passion, you're going about it. And like in this one specific area, and there's other areas where she's kind of like condoning Kanye and all these crazy things that are happening. But speaking of crazy things, right in this one area, she, you know, she's following in her father's footsteps and actually doing some positive change for the world. So I'm like, okay, I respect that. Give her point. She's using Mm -hmm. her powers for good. I also heard her say (laughs) something about wanting to go to law school, which frankly I would admire more because here's a woman with unlimited resources who isn't going to have to wait tables at night in order to go to law school. So she's, she's not going to law school, but she is, there's a thing you can do in California where you can take separate courses to pass the bar exam without going to full law school. And it's a different way about it. I don't know why you would do that, but that's what she's doing. And so you still have to take the tests and do all these things. So it's to a certain extent, it's similar, but maybe an actual lawyer. Then she will be, she will be. Yeah. If she passes the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's just a different way of training. But as long as you pass, everyone has passed the same exam. To me, I'm like, okay, it doesn't. I guess it doesn't really matter how you get there, but as long as you get there. You know, it's funny. I have a friend whose kid is in med school right now, mm-hmm. and um, you know, picking a medical school was a huge mm. process. Yeah. And I've I've had this with friends in the past with law school, and I always say to them the exact same thing, which is. How many times have you walked into your doctor's office or (laughs) your lawyer's office or your accountant's office or any professional you deal with and said, I need to know what school you went to before I'm going to do business with you. And, um, you know, and it's interesting. A lot of my doctors actually put their diplomas on the walls. And um, uh, like my dentist went to, uh, I want to say UC Irvine or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that a prestigious dentist school? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it's more about the inside of it all like it helps you with getting a job or like the prestige is more for people in the know it doesn't yeah you're right it doesn't matter if your doctor went to whatever school I mean, is ivy league the you know <laughs> social media of i mean seriously yeah it might be it's like yeah it just looks good on the resume it helps you get in the door somewhere i mean it really does i think people care about that stuff 
<sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm I'm guilty of it. We're all guilty of it, but I'm not yeah. sure that we should. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And I've also been, you know, to, you know, uh, and I'll, I didn't go to law school, but, you know, what makes a school the best business school or the best law school? I don't, like, yeah. what is the, you know, I feel like everything is suddenly one of those glamour polls about, you know, whatever, <laughs> best moisturizer. And you find right. out at the end of the day that, you know, company ad. X was, you know, <laughs> sending someone all these freebies to right. kind of get their plug. Right. And, you know, what is the criteria? And especially with education, you know, it's interesting, like, um, I started at the University of Iowa and I left after the first year because I didn't think I was having a good experience. And I went to another college mm-hmm. and I hated it. And mm-hmm. I realized I was having a good experience. I just had to kind of get used to being Uh-oh. in this different pond. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I ended up going back to the University of Iowa. And but, you know, it's one of those things. How do you know? I, you know, I think we you know we talked about um, how do you know if you're happy? Um, right. You know, sometimes you got to stop for a minute and, and look yes. around and. I, uh, I think any place where you have a good experience is a good school. And yeah, I, uh, um, I get it. Harvard may get you through the door. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know about you, but I don't believe in alumni. And I've gotten calls mm. several times from the University of Iowa about, don't you want to, someone's moving to California. No, I don't want to talk to them. I don't know them. What? what? <laughs> no. Wait, you don't believe in it? At all. Why? I think it's bullshit. I had a boss who had gone to an Ivy League school. And if all you had to do was call his office on the busiest day of the year and say, I also went to Princeton. I think it was Princeton. And he would have a meeting with them. And I'm like, yeah. there are people that have worked for you for 10 years that would kill to right. have this time in a room with right. you to show you their stuff. Mm-hmm. And that this weird leg up, like, right. it, it, to me that... I think, you know, so many times your actions say so many things mm. that you weren't intending them to. Yeah. Um, and that was one of those things like these are complete strangers other than the fact that you went to the same university <laughs> and you're giving them the time of day that you're not giving to people who are dedicated to you. Well, and- yeah, I think that's different, though. Because if, if you're someone – because there are some people who just aren't into mentoring, and that's fine. There are some people who are into mentoring for their own specific reasons, like that person that you're mentioning. And then there's people that are like, anyone who's willing to ask me questions, I'll, I'm willing to answer. And for me, for me, I try to take the route of like – I'll talk to the interns that have worked with me, and I'll talk to people who I meet through UCLA who are interested in getting into entertainment because I know I didn't have that resource when I was there. And it would have been nice. So it's like everyone has their reason for. But then shouldn't the university be cutting you a check? Oh, absolutely. I agree. Yes. But. Right. Yeah. But instead they ask for money. (laughs) Instead they ask for money. Oh, my God. That's don't even don't even. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was one of those families, you know, my father made too much money for us to get financial yep. aid, but he didn't make enough money for mm-hmm. to pay for school. So yep. I'm one of those who walked out of college, you know, with you know $35,000 in student debt. Yeah. And, you know, and to this day, you know, uh, when the school would call and ask, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I I'm paid still... for every pen and every book that I used. Yeah, Do course. not be asking me for. And I had a great experience. Yeah. I am not at all bashing the experience. Right. But, I just need that mentality of, hey, we did absolutely nothing for you, but you right. paid for everything in retail, but now we'd like you just to give us money right. for the exactly. hell of it. Exactly. It's like, why not spend a little less money on your sports teams or your whatever? And Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. As it they're putting up building sense. after building and yada, 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 <laughs> yeah. yada. And I was just kind of like, oh, I, I, I just, there's some basic things that people program into, and that's one of them. It's, these schools have become these like weird profit machines 
to build on themselves to become i read this article years ago talking about how like some of these schools have become like resorts for students and it's a way to entice people to come to the school it's like this weird self-perpetuating thing but don't you think it's almost it's almost it's, it's almost social media it's like right. you're, you're joining a weird club that, right you know, i went to bu or i yeah. went to nyu which yeah. you went to mm-hmm. um and you know somehow you're looking to justify your actions by putting out all the great pictures yeah, yeah, yeah. so if i support them of course it's because it's <laughs> you know what i mean and yeah. I, I again i'm a, such a bullshit caller i call bullshit on the whole experience yeah. i want you to have the best educational experience of course whether it's you know uc riverside mm-hmm. or you know Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Um, I mean, even Rory Gilmore, you know, didn't go to Harvard. She <laughs> right. ended up going to you know Princeton. But um, yeah, oh, Yale. She really... went to Yale. Oh, my God. Sorry about that. <laughs> Gilmore girl fans, of which I'm the world's biggest. Um, all right. Should we talk politics yeah. before we get into today's Interview? activities? Yeah. So um, the Democratic politicians are at it and you know doing all these crazy things but what recently happened was the lgbtq forum um which i know we both have watched different pieces of it yeah okay here's the first thing and i'm again i'm so politically not correct so marianne williamson started out that it's (laughs) lgbtqia plus yeah i'm a member of that whole (laughs) acronym Uh and i don't even know of the existence of some of these Mm -hmm. and I could tell some of the other candidates were struggling with that very thing. Uh, like, yeah. And um, I'm personally don't, not sure what we're supposed to say anymore yeah. and what's accurate. Um, I tend to be an LGBT person. Yeah. But because it's also like you're, for me, when I say LGBT community, I'm not saying lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender community. I'm saying LGBT is the moniker that I have chosen to mean the umbrella yes. that keeps growing. And it used to be gay was the umbrella, yes, but yes. apparently people got right. upset about that. Right. It's not as inclusive. I mean, sure. Okay. But it's this, you know, it's who says it. If you're, if someone is just saying the gay community to mean only gay men, that's one thing. If they're saying the gay community, but really what they mean is the umbrella term, then great. Don't attack them for that. It's just, you know, it is what it is. I think now it's like LGBTQ plus is like the safe thing to say. The IAQ, whatever is Okay. And one of the optional. Also, Q is questioning. I yeah. is inter. Intersex, asexual, questioning, queer. Yeah. So asexual is now part of the, the umbrella. LGBT. Mm-hmm. It's a sexuality. It's basically any type of, type of sexuality. Is under the umbrella. Okay, wait. Did you see that Mark Ronson yeah. came out as sapiosexual? sapiosexual. I don't know what that means, though. Um, it means I'm attracted to someone's mind first, genitalia second. Okay. So if you're a guy and you make me laugh, I'll do it with you. Or if you're a girl who can do math fast, <laughs> I'm there for you. Sure, I sure. Uh huh. Call bullshit. <laughs> I completely call bullshit. I okay. think Mark Ronson's really a genius and a creative. Yeah. I think he's great. Uh-huh. This feels like, you know, the old joke used to be bisexual is just a rest stop on the way right, to gay because right. nobody could say gay and bisexual felt hipper and right. cooler. Mm-hmm. And sadly, it proved to be true, you know, 80 percent of the time. Um, oh, as in people ended up being one or the other. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering it feels so weird to me to go to such lengths to give something a weird title. 
Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because I do think some people, one, some people don't know. So they find things that feel like most right for them. Some people don't necessarily want to put a label, but then they're like, okay, well then I'm, I'm just this to kind of satisfy other people. And then some people do it to be, to be cool or different. And you know, everyone does it for a different reason. And that's, what's hard to be like, this is bullshit or not, because you don't necessarily know what, why that person has made their decision. I agree. Um, I'm going to get in such trouble, but (laughs) I feel like sometimes we make things more complicated than they really need to be. Sure. And Mm -hmm. again, I think they're doing it because of their own uncomfortableness Mm. with certain things, Mm -hmm. you know, and listen, when you're an Oscar winner as he is, and this massive producer and, you know, I, it's the old celebrity thing. Once you become a public figure, your responsibilities change. and, And that's just part of the package. Um, I don't think he's doing anything to harm anybody, but I just, you know, as we talk about LGBTQIA, you know, plus, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, now I got to put sapiosexual in there. Right, and, right. Um, I, I don't know. I just find the whole thing kind of weird and attention grabbing. And he could have just said, I don't define and. Yeah, but then that would not satisfy. Because, you know, the, the other thing is um, uh, Anton from Queer Eye is saying that he's fluid. Oh, Anthony, yeah. Anthony, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I found sort of interesting. I'm like, uh oh, what does this mean? And, you know, where are we going with this? I mean, I think at the end of the day, people can define themselves however they want, and it has nothing to do with anybody else. The the issue is when they have to be public about it. It's this weird thing because people ask the question, and then some people just volunteer the information. So it's just like, okay, great. Let's move on. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't, unless it's like someone being like, no, you need to call me a sapiosexual, then that's like a, okay. But here's the weird thing. It's weird to be on a show called Queer Eye and literally part of the, the part of the show as a reality show, because mm-hmm. you know, these things are all reality, um, is going out on behalf of the LGBT, et cetera, et cetera, community. Um, I don't know. I just think I don't know. It's just it. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird. He. What did he say? He is he gender fluid? No, he's sexually fluid. Sexually fluid. Okay. Uh, Jonathan came out as gender fluid and HIV positive. Right. Right. Um. You know, it's funny. Um, we have a guest today. We're going to do an interview, and um, one of the things I love about Jonathan on Queer Eye is I feel he is so positive. Yeah. And he is so supportive of everybody. Mm -hmm. And he is clearly somebody who subscribes to sort of kill them with love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've I've just in some of the Queer Eye episodes found him to be more generous of spirit than I am. Mm. Um, And I I admire that because I don't have those skill sets. And uh, we're going to do an interview here in a few moments. And I I have the same feelings about this person. But... um, that you know they just always sort of are that positive but yeah um, totally anyway we were talking politics let's go back to that because i know (laughs) we're going long today but um um you know there was the debates yes um they were in the lovely city of cedar rapids iowa which we've not fully gotten into my story but it's the city of which i kind of just got screwed over by Mm -hmm. um so i looked at this and i own it i am putting out the bitch flag on (laughs) word one um i i watched it with a very scrutinous eye on a lot of weird things and my first question to anybody who cares would be 
I don't understand other than the fact that the first caucus is in Iowa, why Iowa would be hosting anywhere in Iowa would be hosting an LGBTQ yeah. um, IA plus forum because yeah. I don't know if you would want to do a, I, I don't know. It just felt like it there, feels like the exact wrong place for you. It does. And I know that somebody somewhere thought, you know, it's the least likely place you would expect to have a gay community. And I can tell you there's a large gay community there. And I will tell you there's a large trans community there, Mm -hmm. having been there myself. But I have to tell you, I find the community um, uh, there as a whole are not particularly supportive of the whole LGBT experience. Mm -hmm. Their MO, to be fair to them, I don't want to make them out to be haters that I don't think they are. They sort of ignore it. Right. Um, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, and I think they go to great lengths not to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll kind of nod and get through the sentence. And, and mm. I feel like, you know, everything is like turbulence on an airplane. You just kind of <laughs> close your eyes and you kind of try to think about something pretty right. until it ends. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wish, I don't know if it had to be San Francisco or something so obvious, mm-hmm. but you know, there are, if you want to go with the Midwest, there are some great gay pockets of, you know, Minneapolis has an amazing community. Chicago has a great community. There's a little beach town in Michigan that's blanking. I'm blanking on the right now. Um, that I think just theoretically, yeah. Um, you know, my second note on the the LGBT one was one of the sponsors was the newspaper in in Cedar Rapids, and as they pointed out, it's one of the last few independent papers. And I think that's terrific, and I love that they were trying to do something. I just have to say, the reporter they put on stage as an interviewer, I thought she was very weak, ineffective. Um, she kind of came off as like this weird, giggly, cupy yeah. doll girl. Right. And you know what? I think journalism is one of the most noble professions out there. I think it is, um, you know, a good journalist is held to such an amazing Mm -hmm. um, depth of honor Mm -hmm. um, that you just want someone to rise to that. And, and, I just kind of felt like it would felt very, I'm interviewing you from our middle school newspaper (laughs) (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah. So I I think that it was, so first of all, this was not like a televised thing. It was online. Uh, It was a live feed thing. Yeah. So I don't think it was as polished as a televised thing would have been. So I think that's like why it was a little weird. Also, uh, they clearly didn't explain the format to the candidates at all. And so it was a lot of fumbling and it was repeated fumbling because it was one by one. It was a forum, so it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a debate with all of them on stage. It was one. It was by a one. talk show. Yeah. It was it was literally a talk show. Yeah, that isn't really yeah. what a forum is, but it was like, and they had this weird rotating host thing. Yes, it does. It didn't make any sense. It should have been one host or maybe two. Talking to one person. Well, the actress from Pose was the supposedly host. Yeah. I'm forgetting her name right now. Angelica Ross. Angelica Ross, who I love. She's great. Mm-hmm. But she ended up coming out and doing like two rah-rah speeches yeah. and then going away. Yeah. And then Karamo, speaking of Queer Eye, came uh-huh. out and did his rah-rah and went away. Yeah. And then there was the guy from The Advocate who couldn't get his microphone right the entire <laughs> night. And why was he the only one wearing the over-ear Madonna mic <laughs> to begin know. with? Was Right? I know. Because everyone else had that really clunky right. gazette, like, right. you know, 1974 yeah. Dan Rather <laughs> in, you know, Vietnam. Right. You know, microphone, like, you know, poor Elizabeth Warren. It was like the size of her head. 
And um, right, yeah, yeah and was... so they're they're doing stand up on some really horrible, awful stage in the middle of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It's yeah, and so that just made everything a little bit harder to just and yeah. So that was that. Then uh, that woman from the Gazette, she. So I think her most notable thing was that she interviewed Biden, and Biden was he fumbles through everything, and so that was an added layer to the unstructured format of the the evening and then she asked very pointed questions so i would say in terms of as a journalist the questions she asked were right the her delivery was wrong but you know here's the thing and i'm going to defend i love me some joe biden i really really do i'm not sure he's my candidate just to be very very clear with Mm -hmm. you um i just feel like he gets all the arrows flung at him and what was interesting to me is you know one of my favorite memories of joe biden was after gay marriage finally passed federally Mm -hmm. that he and obama were running around the white house like so excited and to me i love that image of these two straight guys one you know african-american and one old white guy being so excited for our community. And to me, that was such hope and such whatever. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's old enough and been around long enough that he had to go through all the different phases of, of whatever to get where we are. And I feel like he gets punished for them. And I think for people to say, remember in 1962, (laughs) well, remember what 1962 was like. And I think for this guy to, to kind of, you know, through what, what, you know, history is never fast enough. Yeah, and I think he got us to where he's going, and I kind of getting tired of people punishing him for you know how things yeah. were and things he said. Then out comes Aloha woman whose name I'm Tulsi. not. Thank mm-hmm. you. Who has was completely anti-gay right, and right. adamant and until she decided to run for office. Yeah. Now she's like Aloha is for everybody. <laughs> Aloha covers all aloha. Right. I know. And 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 everyone's and and they kind of handed her softballs and yeah. You know what? That's true. I call bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, at least like I will say Kamala Harris, who I kind of really, really, really like. Again, I don't know that she's my candidate or mm-hmm. not, but I thought she sort of had the right tack. She just didn't know how to let it go. She mm-hmm. was like a cat with a, you know, a laser mm-hmm. pointer thing. They just won't leave it alone. You know, she just kept wanting to say, you know, I'm not here just to tell you I've done it, but I've actually done it. Look at my track record. Look at my track yeah. record, which, you know, if you look at psychology, like the best indication of right. future behavior is past. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I buy into that. Right. Um, but it's just like, and and you know, and again, it was that she couldn't get off of that, and I don't know. I thought it was really interesting, and I agree. I think the the questions were at completely different altitudes for all these people. Yeah, it was it was strange, and I think maybe I wonder. It makes me wonder, like, who may come came up with the questions? Because if was it the Gazette woman who wanted to ask these really pointed questions to Biden, or was it collectively something that they came up with? I don't know, but. In her Gail King yellow dress and jewelry. <laughs> right? Yeah, she just did have this weird. But I will also say he, Biden was a little bit condescending to her, which was strange and a weird choice because it's like, that's going to be the headline. And, you know, again, this is the hard thing about being a political candidate. First of all, you know, I, I've never run for office, but you know those people are running on absolutely no sleep. Yes. They live on an airplane, a yeah, bus, yeah, and yeah. a whatever. They don't know really what town they're mm-hmm. in. They are eating bizarre foods, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, it, think of it as freshman college year for, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And you know what? I think, you know, first of all, Biden came out and he goes, oh, I was told I was getting an opening yeah, statement. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he clearly didn't. It was that weird question, which they kept, like, changing two words on. Like, what would you do in your first hundred days for the yeah. gay community? Right. Because we're staring at you. And um, 
and listen, I'm a homo. I'm I'm part of the tribe. Mm. I got to tell you, in the first hundred days, I think there's a lot of things that need to be done yes. that I'm not <laughs> sure. You yeah. know, turning over all the human rights issues. Right. Um. You know, we have a trillion dollar deficit. We're in two wars. I also just you, don't you know, buy. I just don't buy that that's going to be the priority. As a gay person, that would not be my priority. And you know, I wish one of the candidates would have said that. Right. Like, listen, this community right. is important to me, and I think that's what Kamala was weirdly trying mm. to say. You know, even going back to Bill Maher, I think these people again, especially with media. Where you can edit and re-record right. things. I wish they would rethink some of how yeah. these things come out. Um, yeah. But I wish somebody would have been real and said, "Listen, right. this is an important community to me, and I love it, and I'm supporting yeah. it. And I think some of the stuff that has been done is awful." But I got to tell you, when you're governing the entire country yeah. in the first hundred days, I mean, you only have your cabinet picked out right. by then. You well, know, it's, it's it should have been said like. The, the things that I have said already that I'm going to do in my first 100 days are going to affect the gay community. They're going to affect everybody, and it's going to lift everybody up. And then once we get our head out of our ass and kind of fix what's wrong, we can look at the specific communities. And I do have plans for what we want to do. And I, I have people that I'm working with who do have these interests and blah, blah, blah. There's ways to talk about it that don't make it feel like you're pandering to the group you're in front of. But, you know, going back just to the regular Democratic debates, mm -hmm. I feel the same thing. If I hear yeah. one more time about somebody's goddamn plan, I'm going to get, come in there and just start slugging people. Wait, why? Nobody has ever walked into Congress with a post-it. Like, here's my plan. Pass oh. it and go. <laughs> I want someone, and, you know, frankly, this is, I, I wish Joe Biden would step up and say, guys, this is a lovely fantasy camp that you're all playing right, in. Right. But, you know, the way a law and a policy and bills and stuff right. are passed are not a plan. Right. on a post-it it's committees and it's this and it's that mm -hmm. so what i really want to know from these candidates is what is it you believe in and what are you fighting for and what yeah. are your lines in the sand on these things and, yeah. and then how are you going to make that get done and i think again this is where joe biden doesn't serve himself well you know joe is really famous for reaching across the aisle mm -hmm. and you know we live in a world of you know multiple political parties and this and that and you know i think you always Anything you can do with the consensus of, you know, all parties yeah, is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the questions of the LGBT thing for him was that he had once said Mike Pence was a nice guy. Yeah. Listen, I think Mike Pence is a doucheball extraordinaire. <laughs> I think his religious beliefs are ridiculous. I think a lot of things of the man. But, you yeah. know, he could still be a decent human being. Yeah. And if you've got to be in business with somebody, and we've right. all had to work with people we don't like or mm -hmm. don't respect or don't believe in the same ideal ideology. Is, right. Mm -hmm. But you got to do business with them and they can still be a, a a decent human being. And, I, you know, I don't like when other side, you know, I don't like when the, the radical right starts calling people names. You're you're a bad person because you yeah. believe in X, you know, and I, I, I don't want, you know, people I support to 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 be doing that sort of same name calling. But there's a, there's also an alternative. You don't have to you shouldn't name call, but you also don't have to praise without being. You can still be respectful without giving praise. But is decent guy like eh, I, is that compelling over somebody no, using a good Yiddish term? I agree with you, but it's just he need he needs to do a lot of things. But I think he needs to drive home his message of just like listen, this is how politics works. I understand how the system works. We're dealing with a group of people on the other side who are not going to give us anything we want. So we have to figure out ways to be strategic. Like he needs to be concise and say those things. Cause you know, in my humble opinion and for whatever it's worth, I do believe that's why Trump got elected in the first place. And again, he did not win the popular vote, but I do think there is a lot of people out there who 
are so overwhelmed with their lives and they don't have time to, to get into politics. And so their whole MO is if I vote in someone that I think is going to shake up the system, that's doing the kind of my work for right. me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Trump was seen as this, I use air quotes very seriously here, successful business person. Right. And, you know, if he could run all these companies, he could run the country. And mm-hmm. wouldn't it be interesting to run it from that point of view sure. and not from that of the traditional politician because mm-hmm. things get lost in politics? Again, because plans don't get voted in. They go to committees and become bills and get, mm-hmm. you know, Senate and whatever passing. And, you know, a lot of people touch a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And um, and clearly that experiment has not worked. Mm-hmm. And I think if we could sell those people on that message is you know maybe thinking so out of the box to use that term they like to use before they lay people off um you know maybe thinking this far out of the box is not the way and maybe the different we're looking for is you know and i don't think it's a gender or a sexual orientation i think it's you know a person and how they carry themselves and conduct themselves and if they happen to be a woman or african-american or gay or LGBTQIA plus, mm-hmm. you know, go for it. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I really kind of want, you know, and again, the, I know these are the words that come out a lot. And with this podcast, I really want a mature adult in there who is intelligent. Mm. Yeah. But people don't care about that. They don't. No. And it's both sides. I mean, this is not a right wing thing. And again, this, no. this, this, this one little debate in, you know, the armpit of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, <laughs> um, you know, you know, in the heartland, these people who think right. they're so pure and so, you know, right. fabulous. And um, um, and they're just as marmy as anybody else on planet Earth. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love that, you know, our canary yellow journalist uh-huh. <laughs> but I you know I worked with that paper um, you know they don't have a single LGBTQ person on their entire staff which mm-hmm. is why they put out the canary yellow you know journalist because they have mm. you know obviously several journalists who work there you know and again That's what I was wondering so yeah. does that make you want to question and I think this whole thing for them was an attention grab you know we're this tiny paper with Probably. not much circulation yeah. in a shithole you know town right. in the middle of you know nowhere yeah and how do we get attention hey gay is going to grab us some headlines right. so let's do a gay because it's like the first yeah mm-hmm. and we're going to look like we're super progressive what a great right. place we are and nobody again vetting nobody vetted yeah. any of this but I think that there's something to be said to about, about doing an LGBT thing in a place that is not necessarily Necessarily known for being LGBT because then it's it will tr- draw positive and negative attention, but at least it's drawing attention to the cause. But what do you think, having watched the bit that you watched, mm-hmm. what do you think having the debate there got anybody? Because they didn't talk to anybody outside or in the audience. Well, yeah, they did this weird thing of like, well, we have this question from the audience that I'm going to read to you. Yeah. It's like, what? Because we're afraid <laughs> to put them on camera because they're going to get run over on the way out. You know, and everything yeah. else was an email in. Right, and, you know, the right. truth is, and again, I, I'm from Iowa originally, and I just lived in Cedar Rapids for almost two years. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, there's a huge trans community in the Iowa, which surprised me, mm-hmm. really surprised me. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing with these Midwest towns, which I, you know, I, I often talk about is, you know, we come to Los Angeles and you have West Hollywood and these huge, like, ghettos of all the all the different, you know, groups. And um, that's what's great about a big town is that you can go into Little Italy or you can go to whatever. You know, when you're in the Midwest, you're talking about, you know, 
on a block, you've got a house that's the gay family, a house that's the Muslim family, a house that's the African-American family, and you're all living on the same block. Mm -hmm. And it's really that microcosm of getting along and, and learning to celebrate, you know, everybody as opposed to whatever. And, um, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting experiment there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, I just thought the whole thing was sort of funny, and you know, there you go. That's my rant. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. There's still so much time. It's so crazy that we're like in the middle of all this still, and there's still 400 candidates, and you know, we'll see. You know, the good news is, I think, um, I think, I think we have good candidates. I think there's yeah. good people out there. I think there are people that are genuinely trying to make the world a better place. Yeah. Um. I uh, and and that has me encouraged. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how backing and you know support and elections and how all that turns out. Right. But I have to say, I I I feel like there's some good candidates up there, and I can't yeah. wait to see it kind of go on. I just wish you know some of this circus would get. It's not going to go away. <laughs> it's it's going to continue to be a circus. Unfortunately, I think it's going to get worse. But we'll see. Okay, uh, what else? Gosh, the only thing I could think of is, you know, in the first episode, we talked about our likes and our this and that. And mm-hmm. I left off one thing that has been really bugging me. And so I want to make sure I bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we talk about TV shows and stuff that we watch, I have to bring up Full Frontal with Samantha B. Oh, yes. Um, I am so in love with her. I think she is such an important voice. I love the way how intelligent her research is and yet it's presented with some humor. Um, and she just did a brilliant piece this week. If you haven't seen it, please go online and watch it. But she did a piece on the Koch brothers and how you can trace most of the climate crisis almost to their door. Yeah. Um, it was really kind of brilliant journalism and it really needs to be heard. Um, but I just want to make sure I bring that up because uh, Samantha B is a very, very regular view for me. She, yeah, she really does a good job at like breaking things down and just like being kind of what you your goal with this show is just call, call out bullshit. She names names. Yeah. She gets angry and she calls people on their shit and she does it with proper research yeah. and vetting and it's not emotional. It's right. and I, I I just I feel smarter watching her show. Mm-hmm. I feel I'm so happy that people like her walk the earth. Yeah. Um and um, I, 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 anything I can do to get people to watch, I just, I don't feel like she's, she's had a false moment yet, and um, yeah. I love her and give her the Emmy Award. <laughs> no, she's great. Um, okay, well, I think we should tell people about our next episode, right? We have a great interview on that episode. Yeah, one of the things that we want to do is uh, bring on guests, and you know, we're going to go all over the map, and uh, we we've lined up a guest that I think is going to be really a cool conversation about you know becoming a more mature adult, yeah, which is hopefully our goal. Um, yeah. So make sure you tune in for that. <laughs> so be sure to subscribe on the platforms we mentioned earlier. Hopefully we'll be on all of them very shortly. Uh, Voice of Pod with uh, Scott and Michael. You can also reach out to us. We're on Facebook, Voice of Pod. We're on Instagram, at Voice of Pod. And if you have things you want us to talk about, you want to email us about, you can email us at voiceofpodpodcast at gmail.com. And tell your friends about us. We Please can use do. listeners. Yeah, share. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks or however long until the next episode. As what's her name <laughs> said, aloha <laughs> is for everybody and means hello and goodbye. All right. Bye. <laughs>